Hey, everybody. Good morning. My name is Clayton, the pastor at Central, and I'm glad you are all here with us uh, this morning. It's going to be it's going to be a great day. We already had our first service, and it went uh, it was fantastic being able to to talk and discuss about what God has done in the past of our church and what He's doing um, in the future. And so. Um, if you don't have the, the notes for today, scan the QR codes, any of the screens right there, and you can have the notes. That'll stay up there for a while um, as, we, as we get started today. You know, a lot of times when I preach, I'm kind of yelling at you guys a lot, and, uh, <laughs> and I'm yelling at myself too, but, and people come back afterwards and say, man, that was, a, that was a good sermon. That was a tough one to hear, but I need to hear it. And let me just tell you, today's going to be a little bit different. Okay, it's going to be uh, more joyous. Okay, uh, we're going we're to celebrate what God um, has been doing in the, the life of our church and in your own life as well. So when, when, when we think about different phrases or different words, every single person usually has a different way of describing what that is. I think it's an important thing to think about today because we're going to be talking about the church. So when I, when I say the word, let's, let's say the word, the word TikTok, what do you think about? Okay, yeah, okay. Some of y'all think different things. Some are going, man, it's just a social media app. I love it. Some of you guys, it's like, it's China, and they, they're, they're watching me, and, you know, all that, recording everything I'm doing. You know, everybody has a different view of, of TikTok. Or when I say the word Ukraine, some of you guys are going, man, I, I've been following the war over there. I know exactly what's, what's going on. And some are saying, where's Ukraine? <laughs> like they, you, just don't, you just don't know. You don't even think about it. There's been a war going on for a year over there. Hundreds of thousands of people have been killed. Crazy mess over there right now. But depending on where you're at, depending on the information that you have, you see things differently, and you describe things a little bit differently than, than someone maybe sitting um, right next to you. But let me ask this. When I say the word church, what do you think about? Everyone has an opinion on, the, on church, and it might be because you grew up in church, and you spent countless hours in the church, and so you have a certain view of church. Some of you, this might be the first time, or the, the, you've been very new to the life of the church, and so you have a different view of the church. Some have been hurt by the church. And so you have a certain view and your perspective on what the church is. Well, let me just share with you a couple verses that help describe what a, a good, healthy church is all about. Look at this, this first verse in Matthew chapter 28. It says that for us to go and make disciples of all the nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is Jesus' last words, pretty much his last words to his disciples, his followers, and said, this is your task. And so individually, as Christians, that is your task. But it's also collectively, as a group of believers come together as a church, it is our task as well. It is our calling. And in Jeremiah 17, it says this about believers. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Have you done that? Have you trusted in Jesus to be your Lord and Savior? Have you made him your hope and confidence? If you do, here's what it says. They're like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. That is the strength of a believer. 
that no matter what the world throws at you, when you are rooted in Christ, when you are abiding in Christ, you have deep roots and you can maintain. Not only maintain, you can thrive. And the Bible says produce much fruit. That is that's the life of a believer, and that is the life of a church. And so when I say, what is a church, these last two verses, these are kind of good descriptions of what a, of what a church is. And today, we're going to be talking about um, the church, and we're going to be talking about us as well personally, but in the lobby, you might have seen this, to, our, to your right and to your left, there's these, these signs that say, grow well, and there's some plants on there, and I want to invite you to go and grab one of these um, when, we, when we finish here. Um, this is just a, a small little pot for you to be able to, to uh, there's some seed in there, there's some soil in there, and we want every family to take one of these home. And we'd like for you to, to grow these. We're going to see who can grow it the largest, okay? Um, and I said this in the first service, my family is out of the running already, okay? So it's, it's not going to go well um, in my house trying to grow one of these. But, but it says grow well on here. And we're talking today about, about growing well as, as a church. And also, there's also these, these little flyers, these little bulletins that kind of describe how we are growing well and what our plans are in the future. We want everybody to be able to take one of these home. In fact, in today's message, I'm going I'm to talk through a little bit about that. Because we have been a church for six decades living this out, trying to abide in Christ and trying to go and make disciples. And so I just need to pause for a second, and I need to, to share um, a special announcement with you guys. Y'all ready for this? Here it is. Did y'all know that? Today, this week, marks 60 years of Central. Y'all can clap for that, because that's pretty awesome. That's just our, our kind of silly way of, of saying, hey, this, it's time to celebrate, guys. As a church, we can, we can just pause for a minute and just thank God for what he has done in the life of, of this church. Did you know that most churches don't survive? Majority of churches don't even make it past year one. We've made it for 60 years. And we've been a church that has been full of life. We've been a church that is full of risk-taking We've been a church that has been Jesus-centered and outwardly focused, and we've done some incredible things. God has done some incredible things in our church, and it's pretty awesome to, to be a part of what God is, has done here. And so we just want to stop and say congratulations. Like, it's, it's big time. Some of y'all are brand new to Central, and some of you guys have been here for about 60 years, okay? Maybe six years, I don't know. And so it's been a long journey, and our church looks way different than it used to um, in, in the past. But uh, we thank God for what he has done in our church. But the biggest question that I've had on my heart lately, and the, the biggest question that I have received from several people is, is what's next? What, what's next for our church? Where are we, where are we going well, to tell you where we're going, I need to tell you a story of something that happened two years ago. So a lot of y'all, I would probably say most of y'all weren't even here two years ago, and so you missed this, and I need, to, I need to share with you something. So two years ago, we went through a sermon series called Buckle Up, and we looked at, in, in 2021, beginning of 2021, 
And we looked at our, our past, we looked at our present, we looked at our future. And so we, the sermon series was based off of this idea of being in a car. And so the first sermon, we talked about our past. And so it was, it was titled uh, our, our Rearview Mirror. Some of you guys are remembering what we talked about, okay? So, so we, we, we had a rearview mirror, this idea of the things in our past. Let's take a look at those things that celebrate what God has, has done. Did y'all know that, that Central started, all, started out in a garage? Just like Apple, right? Okay, that started off in a garage, and then we moved up to a pool hall. I wish I was there for that. That would have been an awesome church, you know, like doing church in a pool hall would have been pretty cool. And then they moved to several different locations and finally um, landed in the downtown area, and that's where Central was for, for many decades. And 20 years ago, we moved to this current location. We have done some incredible things. God has done those things through us, and we've We've baptized over 1,200 believers in that time, which is pretty incredible what God has, has done through this, this church. So we talked about that. And then we looked at what we called our, our present day reality. We looked at the dashboards. If you're driving a car, you look at your dashboard, it's what's happening currently, how fast you're going, how much gas you have, any, any warning signs that may be going off. And we had to take a moment and stop and realize we've got some warning lights that have gone on. on. There's some check engine lights that going off that we need to, to uh, think about because a lot of people just ignore check engine lights. Anybody? Me? Okay, I, I ignore those all the time. I got a bunch on my car. It's fine. It'll be fine, okay? Um, it'll be fine. But, but we need to take a moment and, and think about the, the, where we're at. And we had some warning signs. And here's what they were. In the past decade... Our church attendance, our church uh, membership had declined by 20%, and our church attendance had declined by 35%. And then I showed this graph that everybody hated. I'm going I'm to show this to you. Some of you guys are getting triggered right now because you remember what happened two years ago. I showed this graph. What this is is uh, from 2011 to, to 2020, uh, to the end of 2020, this was our worship attendance. And so the, the blue is, is the attendance, and the red is just a trend line to show where we were headed. And what happened is, is that we had just gotten comfortable doing church. And a lot of churches do that. And we'd slowly lost our, our fire. One of the things I said was that since we had moved to this location, this wonderful, great location, our church had lost Two average-sized churches. The average-sized church is about 75 in America. We'd lost two of them. And you don't realize it when you've been here for a long time, but when you look at the numbers, this is the reality. And what I did is look looked at this trend line, and I walked over here on the stage and said, if you carry this trend line out, here's, here's where it takes us. We have 17 years left before we close our doors. And when I said that, Everybody was like, I hate you, okay? And so, um, I mean, I was like a leper after the, the service. Like, no one wanted to talk to me. Um, I mean, usually go and high-five people to the service, and they're like, poof. Like, everybody was like, no, I'm not going to talk to you. So I just went home and cried for a week, and we, we moved on as a church. And so we, we preached that, and that was just the reality. You can't hide from those warning signs. 
And finally, we looked at our future, and so we called it the, the road ahead. As you're driving, you're looking forward. And we realized that we have a mission. We talk about it all the time. It's to your right and to your left, to live for Christ, love people, and make disciples. That is the mission we have, but we need a fire lit under us. We need a, a fresh calling from God. What we needed was a new vision, and God gave us a new vision to be a church where Jesus changes everything. And we've talked about it over and over and over again. You're like, what in the world does that mean? Well, think about this. If we're living out our mission, and people are living for Christ, and people are loving people, if people are making disciples, if we're doing those things, then what's going to happen is this place is going to be full of people whose lives have been changed. And that's the vision that God has given our church. We believe that he will change people's lives. Your life and the people who aren't even here yet. So two years ago, we embraced this, this new vision for our church. And from then on, our actions and our decisions over the last two years have been filtered through that vision. And it's allowed us to say yes to some new things that we would maybe never try before and it allowed us to say no to some things that we had done for a really long time, but it was time to retire those things. It meant that our, meant that our purpose was going to change. Instead of being a, a church where we would say, it's all about me, instead we were going to become a church where it was, we would be saying, it's, it's all about God. Instead of God making a church for my comfort, God, use me. Use me. Use my church to share our faith and win people to Christ and see lives changed. And over the last couple of years, those things have changed. And that has been kind of our, our mantra as a church. And since we preached this sermon two years ago, we've killed some sacred cows. And then we had a barbecue, didn't we, right? I mean, that's what we've done. And we celebrate the past. We realize the past is not our, our future. And so we, we retired some things. We retooled our discipleship process. We created an invite culture. We launched this new thing called Next Steps Ministry. We want, we want people to, to have incredible membership here and be plugged in here and find their next steps in their walk with, with Christ. We also took some big risks. We, we do this thing called Christmas Town. We, we've, we put a, a bunch of energy and, and resources into this um, to make it our, our biggest outreach of the year. We've also fixed our kids' ministry facilities over there to where now that is the most secure and safest place in town for kids, which is pretty awesome. And then we, we finally fulfilled a promise that we had given to our students eight years prior, eight years ago, to create a space just for them. And so we remodeled that area that we call the venue now, and we have followed through with the things that we said we were going to do. We've come a long way in the last two years, and get this. Since we talked about that, since we showed that graph, our church has grown in attendance by 70%. Did y'all know that? That's pretty awesome. Thanks, Gabe. Good job, buddy. <laughs> Starting that clap there. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Let me say this. It has nothing to do with me. This has everything to do with you and your faithfulness and your willingness to, to embrace this new vision that God has for us. And so I just want to say thank you. As your pastor here, man, I'm excited about what God has, has been doing um, in us and through us. Let me tell you about our church. You are a, a people who want to see others follow Jesus. 
so much so that you're willing to move. You're willing to move your, your small group location and, and your small group time. You're a church that's willing to move your, your worship time lately. You're willing to move your worship style and your worship seat, like literally. Like you've, you're not sitting in the same place anymore, you, most of you guys. And you're willing to do that because you want people to be able to, to experience Jesus right alongside you. You're a church that tells people about Jesus and invites them to church. You're a church that sends missionaries all around the world to tell people who do, do not know about Jesus about a love that God has for them. And you're a church that generously gives. You give financially, and you give of your time, and you serve. And I just want to say thank you. That's pretty awesome. But let me say this. We haven't arrived yet. We're not, we're not there yet. And today I wanted to take you to a, a passage that Jesus gives to the people back then, but also gives to us as a warning. It's a warning about what to expect next. So the question is, what's next for us? Jesus is going to give us a warning and some advice on what happens next. So this is a parable, and I wanted to read it with you guys. It's in Luke chapter 8. I'm going to start in verse 5 here. Here's what Jesus says. He says, A farmer went out to plant his seed, and as he scattered it across his field, some fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks, and it began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for the lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants, and still other seed fell on fertile soil. And this seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as been planted. And when he had said this, he called out and said something. And when Jesus says this, you better pay attention. He says, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And what I love about Jesus is that he doesn't just leave it there for us to try to figure out what in the world is he talking about. Right after this, he looked at his disciples and said, let me tell you. And you're like, yes, answers to the test, okay? So Jesus is going to give us the answer and, and describe what this is all about. Here's what he says in verse 11. He said, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. Okay, let me stop there for a second. So this farmer was, he was, he went to plant seeds, and so he's throwing the seeds out. And the Bible says the seeds are the word of God. In essence, they are the gospel. And not only is the farmer called to do that, that's what he naturally does, but as believers, that's what we're called to do. We're called to, to plant the gospel in our community. This is what we're supposed to do. And when we do that, there's going to be some different scenarios and different situations that we're going to encounter. And this is what Jesus is trying to teach. Here's what he says. The seed that fell on the footpath, it represents those who hear the message, only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. So when, when the, the seed is thrown on the, the footpath, it's talking about like concrete. We have, we have concrete footpaths. We call them sidewalks today. When you throw a seed on that, it's not going to grow, is it? It's just not going to happen. And birds are going to come and take that seed away. And what Jesus is saying is that Sometimes no matter how much you love someone, no matter how much you, you try to reach them, no matter, no matter how many times you share your faith, 
Some people are going to say no. They're just going to. They're going to reject what you're offering. It's like the path is hardened, and it's like their heart is hardened as well. And Jesus is saying, hey, you got to realize that's going to happen. Now, it doesn't mean that we stop trying. It doesn't mean that we, we stop praying. But it does mean this, that you need to be prepared for rejection. Okay? As we move forward as a church, as you move forward in your faith, you got to be okay with being rejected. In fact, that's one of the marks of a Christian, okay, is persecution and rejection. Are you okay with that? Did you realize that you signed up for that if you're a believer in Jesus? It's going to happen. And Jesus says, hey, be ready for it. But then he goes on in verse 13 and describes the next one. He says, the, the seeds on the rocky soil, they represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they, they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. What Jesus is saying here is that there's going to be some people that have, that have no depth to their faith. You know, they say, well, I grew up in church, but now dot, 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 right? Something's changed. They're not who they, they once were. And usually it's because something tragic has happened in their life or, or there's just been some, some big change in their life where they've kind of questioned what they actually believe. It's like when, when, a, like when a family member dies and that person's been praying for healing and, and for that person to be saved and that person dies. And they think, God, where were you? I mean, I prayed for you for all sorts of stuff and then when I really need you, you're absent. And they have a crisis of faith and they say, I don't want this anymore. That's gonna happen. Or think about for you teenagers, a lot of you guys know of, of friends that you had back in the day that you were doing VBS. You, you went through like five VBSs with them every, every summer, you know, just you made the rounds around town, you know. And uh, that's a trick that parents do, by the way. Anyways, um, it's free childcare. Okay. <clears throat> but you're, man, you're like, man, uh, uh, my friend is on fire for, for Jesus, going to elementary school. And then something happens when... Kids become a teenagers, and they, they realize that they are the smartest person that's ever lived. Like, you're like, I, could, I didn't know, but now I do know. I'm the smartest person that's ever lived. And they begin to question what they believe. They, they, had, they, had, they didn't have deep roots. There's no deep roots in them. It was just this superficial type of faith. And we have to be ready for people to change their hearts and change their minds. It's going to happen. Jesus warns us about it. He goes on in verse 14 and describes the thorns. And he says, the seeds that fell among the thorns, they represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out. This one might be a little too personal. Crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow um, into maturity. This is describing people who have a crowded heart. And at times, we all have a crowded heart by the cares and riches of this life. It's people that say, I believe, but don't ask me to be all in. You know, I believe, but I still have my life to live. And Jesus says, you got to be prepared for people who never get out of the kiddie pool. Okay? People are going to be that way. But then he finishes on a good note, okay, and says this. In verse 15, 
And the seeds that fell on the good soil, they represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. What he's talking about here is someone who has a changed life. And we must be prepared for those who are hungry for God. And it starts with the gospel, and when it's the gospel is planted in, in a good environment. When the gospel, the Bible says, when the gospel is planted in, in good soil, something is going to happen, and that, that thing that's going to happen is, is, is growth. Growth is going to occur. And as a church, when you ask what's next for our church, it's this. We want to be a church with great soil to grow well. As a church, we want to grow well. But also, we want to be a place that's labeled as, as great soil for others to grow well. This has nothing to do with numbers. We count numbers all the time. Numbers aren't the prize. A changed life is the prize, isn't it? Someone's life being changed is the prize. But we track numbers because every single number represents a soul that God wants to, to change. And it's a soul that needs, it needs Jesus. Now, we're growing but there's a real danger to growing poorly. There's a real danger to being a, an inch deep and a mile wide. There's a real danger to be full of people as a church, but re, be really unhealthy. And we don't want to do that. So the question is, how do we create good soil? As a church, how do we create good soil for people to grow? So here's what happened. We realized this last year. We always called 2022 the preparation year for 2023, which we're in right now. And so back in the fall, we hired a company called the Unstuck Group. While everything was happening, all sorts of stuff was going on, behind the scenes, we hired this consulting company to come in, and they, they spied on our church. Did y'all know that? They came in as a secret shopper and, uh, and, and, and checked on our church. And so they sat in different places during the worship services. They came in through all the different entrances and uh, just evaluated everything. We went down to the kids' ministry, to the youth. They, they evaluated our worship service. They evaluated the preaching and everything that we do from, from our, in, our social media accounts to, to our, our website and all, all those different things. How are we, as a church, even with our facility, how are we doing? Are we doing well? And here's what the secret shopper said to us. Talked to our entire staff that evening or the afternoon and said this. Did you know that Central is perfectly designed to reach church people in their 40s and 50s? And we were like, oh. there's an audible gasp in the room when that happened because, yes, we want to do that. And you might be saying, well, that's who I am. That's great. That's who I am as well. But we know that we are called to be so much more than that. We are not designed to be a church that just attracts other Christians from other churches. We're not, that's, we're not, that's not who we are. That's not who God has created this church to be. Think about this. Let me ask, who are we specifically designed to reach? Specifically, as a church, who are we designed to reach? Who are we called to reach? Are we called to reach people in Africa? You might say, well, yeah, we are. Specifically, we are? What about the Middle East? No. What about Arkansas? They, they need Jesus big time, right? Arkansas does. But that's, that, we're not specifically designed to reach them. We aren't. <laughs> what about Oklahoma City? Are we designed to reach and specifically designed to reach 
Oklahoma City? How about Jinx? No. Who has God put in our path for us to reach? And here's what we realized. They helped us to realize this. We are called by God to aim for the target he has put before us. That's what we were designed to do. We have to know where God has, has planted our church. And so I want to I walk you through just a quick thing in this little brochure. Take it home with you. It's awesome. Spent a lot of time. Our, our staff did. Um, they came up with it all. They're incredible people. And it just describes the central's roots, where we came from, and where we're going. So everybody can know. But one of the, one of the pages is this. It's up on the screen right here. It asks, where are we planted? It gives us some information. From our consulting we had in the fall, here's what we found out. That within 20 minutes, there's 159,000 people in our community. It says, what do we know about the people within our reach? That's our reach. What do we know about them? Here's what the studies say. Their median age is 35. 62% of them are raising families. And those that are raising families, 65% are married and 35% are single. 80% of everybody in our community is under the age of 60. 54% are 40 years and under. And over 27,000 of them are kids. And we added this at the bottom. I think it's really, really important that 25%, one in four adults in Oklahoma actually goes to church every week. Another way you can think about it, this is we are full of a community, 75% of the community that really doesn't go to church very often. So the question is, what are we specifically designed and called to reach? And it's these people. It's these people. So a part of the consulting was, well, how do you do that? What do we do? Because we're trying everything. And so they came in and spent a lot of time with us, helping us. They don't tell us what to do. They helped us determine, like, what are some strategies and what are some goals and what are some plans that we can come up with that are well thought out. And they opened our eyes to so much. I mean, it was, it was incredible. They helped us see areas that we need to improve. They also helped us to see what other churches who are just like us are doing to reach people in the same kind of communities, and they're killing it. And we said, what are, you, what are you guys doing? Helped us to see a lot of things. And so they, we came up with Central's plan to, to reach our community and to grow disciples. And so in this is another page that I'll throw up on here. You can't really see it, so I'm going to zoom in on a couple of, of things here. And the question is, who are we trying to reach? And so we realize that we, are, we need to be a, a church that is focused on, has a target to reach, families raising kids who are disconnected with the church. And you ask, why is that? It's because that's the majority of our community. So if we're going to reach anybody, why don't we reach the majority? You know what I mean? So realize something about that. So how are we going to do that? Well, we come up with, came up with three simple ways. Evaluating who we are, evaluating our community, and where God is taking this church. And we have We've realized there's three things we need to do. And so these are the three things we're working on as a church. One is, what is this? To reimagine Sundays. And guess what? We can check that off the list because we already did it, okay? We did this January the 8th. Everything changed around here, okay? Um, it was, and you know what? The, the results have been awesome, incredible. And thank you guys for being patient with that. A lot of change happened, but we realized we need to do that because we need to be a church that people who are traditionally not church people feel welcome to. 
And so we made some changes to be able to accommodate them, which is, is pretty important. So uh, we've, got, we've come a long way with that. Here's another thing we realize we need to do. We need to go to them. we got to go to them. We can't just say, hey, come here and hear about Jesus. Your level of sharing your faith cannot be, hey, come here and my pastor will tell you about Jesus. you got to do it. You're called to do it. And we realize we need to have plans and to equip our our people to be able to go and share their faith. And so we're still working through that, but I just want you to know this is one of the big things that we are, are working um, on, on doing. And finally is this, this last one. We're overhauling our facilities. In fact, we've done some things already, but we are just a couple months away from going into a capital campaign to be able to raise the funds to be able to transform this place that is uh, over 20 years old now. And we need to create some space for people to change up some of the ways that we do things and, and how we're, we're, we're organized physically in this place, to create space for the people, to create space for our community so they feel warm and, and they, feel, they feel welcomed in a warm and inviting place, but also so that you can grow well as a church. In fact, right after spring break, we're going to reveal some of that stuff to you guys up on the screen. It's pretty awesome. We've been working since June on, on uh, some... Uh, some renderings of some ideas of what this church could look like um, as we move forward, which is pretty, pretty incredible. So we'll be showing that here pretty soon. So all these things are in the work, but I want you to know that we didn't just come up with these things just kind of willy-nilly. These are based off a ton of prayer and time and talking with experts and saying this is where we need to go as a church because we're called to reach our community. How are we going to do it? Can I suggest something? We've been talking a lot about the church, but... How are you doing? We're talking about the church growing well, but let me ask this. How are you growing? Are you growing? Are you stagnant? Are you withering away? Or are you growing well? I think it's important to think about this. You could take Central as an example. We are not perfect, but we're making an effort. You know, in a church, when there's neglect over time, there's no mission, there's no vision, there's no plan, there's no strategy, the body will suffer. And the same thing goes for you. Do you have a plan to grow? Have you taken the time to, to just evaluate yourself and where you're at spiritually? Our church, kind of last, last fall, we, we took a health check. We went to the doctor. We went to the church doctor. And we, we got to ask the question, are we healthy? And we realized there's some places we, where we aren't healthy and we need to do something about it. When was the last time you went to the spiritual doctor and had a checkup. How are you doing spiritually? How are you doing your relationship with God? Central was able to realize its purpose and its, its mission and come up with plans to be able to fulfill those things. Do you have a plan to grow spiritually? Or are you just hoping it happens? When churches just hope that they're healthy, they end up not being very healthy. The same thing happens with us as individuals. Do you have a plan to grow spiritually? Jesus gives us a warning that if you don't trust in him and if you don't rely on his strength through all of this, it's going to go bad for you. Not only for you, but it'll also go bad for the church. Here's what he says. John 15, he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. 
Are you trusting in God's strength to grow you? Are we as a church trusting in God? Or are we just trying to do this on our own effort? I tell the staff all the time, if there's anybody that can screw this up, it's me. Okay? It's me. So I don't want it to be based off of my strength or my wisdom or anything like that. It needs to be based off of God's strength and his will for our church. And the same thing goes for you spiritually. You know, I say this, this is, this is Central's moment to, to move forward. We're not the same church we were two years ago. And praise God for that. When we celebrate what he has done, the last two years have been incredible. But that is not our future. Are you ready to move forward? Now, there's no guarantees it's going to be easy. Look what the Bible says here in Galatians 6. But let's not get tired of doing what is good, even when it's difficult, even when we don't have all the answers. Because at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. I pray that that is a word of encouragement to our entire church of saying, as we move forward, it's not going to be easy. We believe God will produce a harvest. We'll fill this church, not for our glory, but for his glory. Of people who are far from God will come and know Jesus in this place and through relationships they have with you out in the community. Let me also say this. For you personally, sometimes following Jesus is not easy. Spiritual growth, growing closer to him is not easy because our flesh wants us to go the other way. Our pride wants us to take control of our lives and God is saying, do you trust me? I pray that today you would trust in him. If you've never trusted in Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that. He died on the cross to save you from your sins. You can't pay for your sins. Well, actually you can, but you're going to go to hell. <laughs> That's the penalty. But he paid the cost. And he offers salvation as a gift if you'll trust in him. You know, there's, for all of us who, in here who are believers, the question is, are we still trusting in him? Have we thanked him for the gift of salvation? We're like, hey, I got the rest of my life. This is, this is mine. Jesus, I don't need your input. Are you trusting his strength? Are you moving forward spiritually? Are you growing in your faith? God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for this church as well. And we haven't arrived yet. We're gonna ce- we celebrate what God has done. It's been an incredible 60-year run. But God has something special for us next. Let's not just grow. Let's grow well. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you for our church family. And I thank you, God, for those who aren't even here yet. I just, we just need to pause the church. We need to pray for them. So Lord, I pray on behalf of all of our church family that you would move in the hearts of people who are far from you in our community. We may already know them. We may not know them at all. But God, I pray that you would send us out as individuals and as families out into the community you've, you've planted us in to share our faith with our neighbors, and our coworkers, our friends at school. It would be a light. That we would be 
salt in a world that is grasping for hope. And we have the answer. God, send us. God, use this church. God, grow us, but grow us well. Lord, you have something incredible in store for us. And so, Lord, we, we give that future to you. Help us to be humble. Help us to trust in you. Help us to take risks. God, we've been a church for 60 years that has always taken risks. I pray that we continue to do that. And you would change us, make us more like Jesus every single day. And that we would be a light in this community. Thank you for taking us to this point. And we're excited about the future. Help us to grow well, God. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.